Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tim. And I'm Dan. And we are very cheery on this Monday morning, despite all the doom and gloom and the virus <laughs> trying to get us. Coming to get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's creepy. Yeah, it is. And sad. Mm. But you got to keep your head high in these times. Keep your head up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure that helped. I mean, look, Dan, you're here in the office with me, of all people. It's true. And I am sick. I mean, we are keeping... Always. <laughs> we are keeping our distance. We are keeping our distance. We're keeping our mandatory distance. Hmm. We're in a room that is just big enough to house the two of us. True. Um, we've, we've drawn a line down the middle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Unfortunately, Tim's end has the door. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess I'm just peeing in the corner. <laughs> it's shorter, than, uh, shorter trip than going downstairs. That is true. Yeah, I save time. Think of efficiency. Yeah, thanks for uh, joining us today. We had an awesome chat with Jeremy Thorpe, who is the Chief Economist at yeah. PwC, partner yeah. and Chief Economist. That's right. Uh, it was a great chat, actually. We we dove into all sorts of um, areas of the economy and, and some predictions of what's going and, and how what's happening right now is actually affecting the economy. It was mm. a really great chat. It was really illuminating. And we finished it with Jeremy by saying, look forward to speaking with him in a year when... Uh, mm. <laughs> Things are looking a lot better, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, so something, just a, a, a serious moment right now. Uh, there are a lot of people out there who might be quite stressed at yeah. the moment, who might be um, potentially losing the jobs uh, or mm. potentially um, having to look at closing down the business. If you own a cafe or a restaurant yeah. or a gym or, or something like that, you're, yeah. you're looking at either having to seriously change your business model yeah. or um, or potentially close for a period. Yeah. And yeah, just want everyone to know that we're out there thinking about you guys. We're here to help if yeah. you need anything from us. And, Definitely. And uh, yeah, things won't be like this forever. Well, I like to think of our listeners and us mm. as a community, Dan. We are a community. So, if you are in a precarious position, send mm. us a message. Yeah. We'd love to hear. We'd love to hear what you're doing about it, how you're trying to stay positive. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think it's really important right now that we all band together and we try to be a bit glass half full, yeah. not glass half empty. I agree. If I you agree, are in, in, in a lockdown situation and you can't leave the house... There's still a lot of productive things you can be doing. Um, yeah. For instance, there's about 100 hours worth of Two Drunk Accountants episodes for you to go listen to. So, absolutely. Dive in. No better time than now. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's your prescription to get them through this. Uh, tough time. Keep them happy, Tim. <laughs> you got to give the people what they want, and they want more of our annoying voices in their head. It is possible as well that, um, yeah, over the next few weeks and months, uh, that we will be releasing more than one episode per week. So, yeah. we'll, we'll see uh, what we can manage. We are also quite busy with a lot of things in our own business. But mm. uh, as best possible, we will be bringing you content that is hopefully useful for you in this difficult time and mm. gives you a bit of insight, a bit of, I don't know, a bit of a uh, picture as to what the future looks like. And 
Yeah, and, and just to give you a bit of an idea about that, um, so obviously today's episode is with an economist about the economy, about what mm-hmm. you might be able to look forward to, about how long you might have to prepare to, to as, as we say, you know, build a path through, through this process um, and, and the outlook there, so that's going to help you. Um, we're going to hopefully have um, someone in employment law yeah. come on the podcast. Yeah, um, we're trying to tee that one up. Yeah, and so that's going to help because obviously if, if your business is slowing down or, or, or closing, then, you know, uh, or, or if you're forced to lock down, which a lot of businesses are right now as of 12 o'clock today, 52 minutes ago, um, uh. they are going to be, you know, people are going to lose their jobs and you need to know the rules around that and the different circumstances. Mm. Um and also a few other guests that we're going to try and line up. Um, well, we're going to bring back Josh Robb, the liquidator. Liquidator. Because we've got to be realistic. There could be some people who might need to think about those things yeah. at this time. And then um, looking towards the future as well, I think we're going to do an episode on maybe changing business models. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people out there who I think even Jeremy mentioned it in, in his. That if, if you're a mm-hmm. gym, you might be switching from a mm-hmm. physical location to an online thing that people do from their home that you train. Yeah. So, there, there's a lot, of, um, a lot of things that you can do to, to help, you, help yourself through this. Yeah, so maybe another good time for us to get Leon back. Yeah. We'll talk about working from home and working systems, from home. IT systems. Great idea. Get, uh, some marketing, marketing now. Great um, idea. So, we want to bring you content that's going to help you and your business through this tough time. But we are also here as a resource. So, if you, uh, Send you have questions or mm. issues, yeah. So, on touch. that, our business update um, this week is going to be, uh, we're actually doing a webinar on the uh, stimulus packages that have been announced and how they affect everyone's businesses. Um, obviously, there's still details being released about this all the times, but on Wednesday at 12.30, we're doing a live webinar um, to discuss all the things that we've that have been announced so far and how they work and how they relate to, to your businesses and, and how you might be able to maximize that benefit to, to help you. Um, so, if you want to register for that, um, pop over to our social medias. That will be released um, over, the, over the day. So, you can register. There's a, there's a limit of 100 people for this first webinar. Um, but if that fills up, we'll do a second. So Yeah, and we will record it. We're, we're also going to record it and release it as a podcast later this week. Yeah. So, you will hear it later with, with official information. But the, but the, the webinar will have a PowerPoint. Yeah, it'll have the PowerPoint presentation with it. It also has the ability for people to ask us questions there and then. True. So, um, if you're going to watch it and want to ask a few specific questions, then yeah, we'll be there to, to answer some of them. Yeah. So, um, that is worth noting. The stimulus second stimulus announcement came out uh, over the weekend yeah. on Saturday. Essentially doubling mm. the, uh, the, the, money, original. the cash in influx from the uh, pay-as-you-go withholding that we discussed in, in a previous week. Also, a quick correction from the previous week, the depreciation that we spoke about wasn't quite yeah. right. Um, the announcements that came out when we first recorded um, obviously didn't have all the information, so that's been updated. So, definitely tune in later this week for yeah. um, confirmation on how all that works. The part that wasn't right was relating to the 50%. Correct. Yeah. But yeah, we'll clarify that on Wednesday. Yeah. Cool. All right, Tim. What, what is, is the Tim, Tim and Dan Lowe? Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to add that in. Uh, Tim, how was your week apart from all this horribleness? <laughs> Not great. Not great. <laughs> I was meant to go to America in May. Yeah. And deliver a t-shirt to a very lucky listener. Yeah. Now- who is now more unlucky <clears throat> than yes. ever before. I mean, 
I always make the joke when I make an excuse for something. I always say, "Oh, the economy the way it is," and the, this. And I, I make the joke. I, I blame it on things that have no relevance to the thing that I'm making an excuse for. Um, but I can actually say in this instance, listen, the environment, the way it is, the economy, the restrictions, coronavirus, that is literally going to stop us from coming to you and giving you the show. Yeah. So last week they closed the borders. Australia can't leave, can't get in unless you're Australian. Mm. So. Um, yeah, not going to America in May. It's disappointing. They also disappointing. closed the state borders yesterday. Yep. So, uh, <clears throat> for most of the states, I don't know mm. about Queensland, I was meant to get a noosa over the Easter weekend. Mm. That's going to be canned. Or all non-essential travel. I'm now worried about canned. a Fiji trip that I've booked in late September, October. Not just you, Tim. Me as well. <laughs> I've also booked a Fiji trip with you. So, look, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine with not going. It's just... Just sucks a little bit. You know, I'm just really looking forward. You to know that. what you should do, Tim? What? Virtual reality travel. <laughs> Get on that Google Maps. Is this what we're gonna see? Are we Zoom gonna see into more stuff? We're we gonna see more VR. Are we gonna start living our lives VR? Why not? I mean, all I need is a Cosmo, <laughs> and and some UV light, and I'm basically in Fiji. So turn up the humidity. <laughs> Crank some UV above me. Put some VR goggles on me, so I feel the heat. Uh. Give me a Cosmo. And a good book. Oh, my God. What else do you need, Tim? Yeah. Nothing. No, I'm thanking my lucky stars that I set up a home gym over the Christmas break. Yeah. I'm thanking my lucky stars. I bought those cheap dumbbells about three years ago <laughs> that have currently just been used to weigh down an umbrella out the back. <laughs> Is there anything different happening for you uh, than me? Or uh, um, you're all pretty much... Yeah, not really. We're just, you know, doing the whole social distancing thing and yeah. keeping to ourselves. Kat, my partner, uh, is someone who can be a bit vulnerable to these kind of things. So, we're, mm. yeah, just chilling, um, watching a fair bit of Netflix. Um, actually, I'm coming up with some business ideas, Tim, a lot. Mm. I've been sitting there considering some things and, and I think there's definitely some opportunity here. Nice. Opportunity. Let's do it. By that, I mean I'm going to sell fake cures. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch Contagion over the weekend. Oh, did you? Yeah. Wouldn't recommend it. No. Probably alarms you a little bit. <laughs> Do you know what movie I like? I've never seen Contagion, but I, I prefer um, Outbreak. You ever seen that one? Oh, maybe I was mixing Dustin those Hoffman. two up. Yeah. The monkey. Is that where... Do they come up with a cure and then it mutates and then everyone dies? No. That is... <laughs> uh, Contagion. I thought... Yeah. See, I thought that happened in Contagion, but it turns out... Spoilers. If you haven't watched Contagion, mm. block your ears right now. Mm. Um, they come up with a vaccine and it works. In but Contagion? I thought, yeah, I thought it, it, oh. it stopped working and then it mutated and mm. they're all doomed. See, the other thing I remember in Outbreak is that they it came from like this one town and they quarantined the town and then the military are there surrounding the town so people can't leave and then they talk about bombing the town because Ooh. it basically just kill everyone. Ooh. Um, Grim. That's not happening now. So <laughs> don't watch those movies. Things that you should watch. Tim, got any recommendations, books, movies that people should watch oh, during we these do times? Our other things. Yeah, we'll get to that. All right, let's do it. All right, uh, Tim, do you have a tight ass tip? I do, Dan. I always do. And I've got to say, in these times, these tight ass tips are going to be gold. Mm. It's time to release the tight ass tip book. Yes, brilliant. Go for it. <laughs> Today's tight ass tip is. Soap from hotels. <laughs> uh, Tim, you're preaching to the choir, buddy. 
<laughs> I don't think I've used this one before, which yeah. is funny because this is one I, I do live by this. I haven't bought soap for years. Yeah. I've, I don't think ever since I moved out of home, I've ever bought soap. Yeah. I've bought, and in, we, we've bought body wash. In, so, I just thought in times where like right now, yeah, body wash, mm. hand wash detergent mm. is all like at a premium. Mm. I heard a 500 ml bottle of hand sanitizer is mm. going for 20 to $30 in the shops right now. Supply and demand. So, if you have been stashing that hotel soap in a bag somewhere mm-hmm. under your bathroom sink, yep. now's the time, baby. Yep. Whip that shit out. If you open up the cupboard under my sink, Tim, it's just a history of my travel around oh, around our hotels. It's time to crack into it, Dan. You saved that for a rainy day <laughs> and this is that rainy day, my See, friend. I, I haven't bought conditioner in a very long time because I just keep using so the little conditioner bottles. Yeah, so you take that to the nth degree. That's yeah. good. Hmm. And I, I have bought shampoo, um, but that's lasted me almost a year, that, that bottle mm. of shampoo. Nice. But I, I, I've been using those for years. Mm. Years and years and years. It's pretty good. Great. So, uh, if you can't get soap at the shops, mm. then uh, maybe just book yourself a little hotel stay. <laughs> <laughs> Steal All the soaps. Also, shower caps. <laughs> Steal them too. Why not? Why not steal the sheets, towels, and pillows? <laughs> oh, right that's, that's illegal, but oh. yeah. Oh, well. Only if you get caught. So, I like <laughs> this, Tim. Use free samples or hotel soaps. Hell Yeah. Definitely. Brilliant. It's going to save money. Yep. I also did a Google search during the week um, because I've often wondered, and I think we spoke about this in the last week's episode that I I did want to look this up, but how soap works, right, Mm. compared to, say, like a hand hand sanitizer. Yeah. Like, why why is it that- Should we be be worried everyone's using a hand soap to wash their hands at a sink? Yeah. or, Or no, but more like, how does it actually work? Like- it came out, you know, here's uh, um, antibacterial hand foam and hand soap. Well, how, why is that different to the old soap? Yeah, I true. thought old soap got rid of germs. It was the old soap not as clean. No, I found out how soap works. This is liquid and bar soap, right? Okay. Uh, it's actually a mix of two things that bind together. It's like a fat, like an acid and, right. and, and something else. Right. Um, and the way that it works, essentially, it's a lasso for your germs, Tim. Because oh, what? water alone, right? Water doesn't mix well with oil, right? And so there's fats and oils and things yeah. and there's germs in your hands. Yeah. So when you put water on your hands, it just runs over the top. Soap has a molecule in it that can penetrate the oils Whoa. and attach itself to the germs and the bacteria and the oils in your hands. Wow. And then when you rinse the water on, over it, it also reacts to water. Mm. So the water washes it off. So, essentially, hectic. it grabs the germs and then the water rinses it off, which is why you should lather up with soap for 20 seconds. That is hectic. Whereas disinfectant, like antibacterial, just like kills, kills the germs. Yeah, which can be bad for your skin. Yeah. So, really, in my mind, a bit of both would be great. <laughs> hectic. That's yeah. good, Dan. Yeah. I can see you really being... Uh, um, what's the word for the person who... Is worried they're always sick. Mm, hypochondria. I can see you really been hypochondriacing. Mm. Yeah, over there. So that's uh, yeah, that's a fun one. Nice that's one, a fun then. one. Anyway, that probably should have been my other thing, but <laughs> set it now. Nah, we're gonna go through some books. All right, everybody, let's let's jump into my conversation with Jeremy, um, chief economist from PwC. It's a great chat. If you have any follow up questions, send us through some stuff. But yeah, let's have a let's dive in. 
And uh, now we're on to the main uh, topic for today's podcast. Mm. Uh, today we've got with us Jeremy Thorpe, uh, partner and chief economist at PwC. G'day, Jeremy. G'day. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for coming on the podcast. We we did have you scheduled to come on during the uh, Accounting Business Expo, but obviously that's been postponed. But mm. we're really thankful that uh, you're still keen to come on and, and chat to us uh, about the economy, which is particularly relevant uh, in the world right now. Well, uh, the virus seems to be overwhelmingly the centrepiece, but everyone understands that the virus equally has severe economic implications. So, yeah, uh, it's great to be wanted as an economist at the current time. It's just a shame we know so little. Yeah, <laughs> because it's I guess it's it's never happened before. Nothing like this, I suppose. Is that there's, there's no benchmark that we can yeah. easily say. Um, we saw this happen in this way. The closest analogy is probably the Spanish flu from 1918, and that was on the back of the war, and the world was a very different world. So we're we're, we're all flying by the seat of our pants a little bit here. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it's Monday morning here, and um, Dan and I, even with our workplace, we've had a bunch of meetings it's felt like war cabinet meetings with our team like oh here's our plans to prep for everything yeah, <laughs> um, but feel that way and you know um we're not in the hospitality or um catering sort of businesses that have are, are facing the shutdown for a, a period of time so um yeah now i'm really keen to pick your brain on a few things jeremy and and uh see what you guys are thinking mm. so to to start with um I guess what, as you said, you know, uh, a lot of people are focusing on, on the virus itself, but we all have a, an understanding that it does affect the economy. Uh, how exactly, for, for people who might not quite understand how that works, why is the economy being affected so so badly by by something like this? Hmm. Well, it's interesting. It's evolved, and our thinking and our understanding has evolved as our understanding of the medical issues have evolved. Mm. When it first started coming out of China, it was all about demand for Australian goods in China going to be affected or demand in Australia for people from China is going to be affected. So it was our mm. foreign students, it was our tourism industry, yes. and it was select industries that are export to China like wine or lobster or things that were um, value, high value going into China. Yeah, And that was a very narrow view of the world. And what we've started to then realise is, no, this is not something that's happening in China. This is a global issue and now it's officially a pandemic. Mm. And so when you see that triggered, that means... We're going to see in Australia, in economic terms, we were thinking this is all about lost productivity. Yeah, mm. that people are going to get sick, and unfortunately, some people are going to die, and that that's uh, takes away the productive capacity of our economy. Yeah, mm. but then the next evolution was, oh, and that actually drives down demand mm. generally because in times of uncertainty, people save more mm. and yep. they're less likely to buy big things. And there might be one exception, which I'll come back to, which might be housing. Yeah. Um, and then we've had the response from government, which is to further restrict demand by social distancing and social exclusion, yeah. which means that you can't go and do a whole lot of things. So our understanding of the way that the impacts have been from an economic perspective has evolved as the virus has evolved and the government policies around it have evolved. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's just basically all around, you know, we think of the economy, you know, people talk about growth or, or negative growth, that's that's all around the, the GDP. And I remember from my uni days learning the GDP formula, you know, with mm. the private spending and government investment and net mm. exports. So really that's coming from both kind of supply and demand sides though at the moment. You know, people are, we were worried about supply and, and trade 
to start with, but now we're also worried about whether or not people are actually going to spend internally and, and what's mm. happening there. So it's kind of hitting That's from great. both ends, I mean, yeah. There's been some funny, maybe funny is the wrong word, but there's been some outcomes that we probably wouldn't have predicted just off general theory. Mm. So, for example, prices for our iron ore and, and coal have held up remarkably well. Oh, right. Um, and that, and we, th- we thought, oh, China's going into a downturn. It will um, it will reduce demand for, for coal. And certainly they've used less energy. But what we've found is they've kept using Australian coal because that was easier to get than getting it from inland in China, which was uh, virus-infected. Wow. So right. there's, a, there's, a, there's a whole lot of perverse outcomes in that sense. Mm-hmm. What we're now seeing, it's really domestic demand that is driving this as the, the substantial threat going forward. And obviously... Yeah. That's the same in every country around the world. Yeah. As we shut down industries, as we isolate ourselves, we're not spending. Seventy mm. percent um, of our economy is service sector. Yep. Um, uh-huh. And so clearly, the service sectors are the most initially exposed because it's hard to provide a service remotely mm. for many industries. Yep. Um, but we're seeing this cascade into every industry as people isolate and disrupt our normal way of working. Yeah, absolutely. So it makes me think that we're almost a little bit lucky that this has happened when it has, in a way, because we have the ability to deliver more services online and and mm. and you know externally than we would have been able to in the past. And you think kind of ten years ago, twenty years ago, providing accounting services for somebody, a small business nearby, without seeing them, would have almost been impossible. But yeah. now, through you know Zoom meetings or, or all of our solutions are in the cloud. Well, even today we're recording a podcast. Uh, you're not with us, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's social isolation happening there. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so we, we are, all, I guess, right. lucky, yeah. Technology has enabled us to probably address some of those risks that we would have had otherwise. If you, mm. You're right, if 20 years ago, um, if we shut down in this way, we would have absolutely shut down. Obviously, some industries are better than others at coping in that respect. Um, mm. And what we're seeing then, then is, though, that what may have been seen as slightly faddish or adopted partially this flexible working now yeah. is the default. It will be interesting to see how that changes the way that businesses think about how they do this. I mean, say your, your accountants, mm-hmm. um, do you need to actually be at work? And once you've spent five or six months at home working remotely, maybe you don't want to go back and sit in the office every day. I think <laughs> businesses to actually to actually think about things. There are mm. advantages of being together, but equally, um, and admittedly after six months not being together, you might rush to be together. Yeah. <laughs> I think this will change the way that people think about um, the way they work. This is a very good point. I was actually wondering recently how this might affect the future of um, office places and yeah. like commercial rents and, and leases. We, you know, being a, a modern workplace, a small team, we do often offer flexibility and you can work from home bits and pieces, but we haven't had the structure in place to really permanently work from other places or permanently work from home. And it did make us think, even this morning, we met with all our staff and kind of sat with them and said, how would you work from home? You know, mm. what's the setup like at your place? You know, um, how would we interact with you? <laughs> yeah. It definitely and does force the right. hand. And I think that this was something that a lot of people were talking about was more people working from home in the future. Mm. People had predicted that was um, going to be a fact of the future. But this is actually now forcing everyone's hand to just jump in the deep mm. end with it as soon as they can. So, yeah, it will be fascinating to see, like you said, in six months' time, how it all comes Hands back out. into yeah. place. 
So well, I wonder also. I wonder also whether the technology is going to take another leap. Yeah, yeah. We've, we're effectively in a giant um, experiment at the moment, mm. and I'm sure that the Googles and the Zooms of, and all the other collaborative working tools out there are thinking of the next version now that they've scaled it and seen what people are really looking for. Yeah. So mm. I, I think this is a real a real change that's going to happen. I'm not saying this is a great thing that's going to come out of this, but mm. I think it will be a change in the way that we work. I can see what you're saying. I think there's opportunity for innovation and technology right now. Yeah, we've got to look at the silver lining somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely some business opportunities right now. Yeah, if you can yeah. fit into a gap. So, to, uh, adding to that, um, so obviously the economy is in a need to be stimulated and, and that's what the government's trying to do with these packages and things that have been announced recently. So, from what you're saying before, um, with a big problem just being, you know, um, domestic spending and, and demand that's obviously what they're trying to to kick is by adding extra money in people's pockets so they can go out and spend it is that, is that how it works i think there's two elements that are here um, we, what we're seeing is a natural disaster normally yeah. we have a natural disaster like a cyclone and it's over in two days mm, yeah we've just got a natural disaster that's going to take 12 to 18 months yeah and so that's a different experience and you, you need to do things differently and they're trying to do two things i think one is um, they want to help people who are displaced. So mm. there's additional income support for people who are casuals who lose their job mm. um, or full-time people or, or part-time people who lose their job as well. Um, and so that's the just helping people get through. And so yep. in two days, we've got a much longer period to get through. Mm. But what they want to see at the other end, when we do come out of this, we will come out of this, we're not going to come out of it in the same way if all our businesses have gone bankrupt in the process. Yeah. What they want to make sure is there are businesses that are still operating or able to operate on day one when we are freed from our houses. Yeah. Um, and if they're not there, it takes longer to rebuild the business infrastructure in this community. That's going to be a, a much more significant cost. So we need to look after people now, but we need to be looking after businesses as well for the benefit of those people when we come out of this. If we just focus on the people, um, it's going to be a much more costly exercise. Yeah, so that's, that's very fascinating. So I, I often think about the stimulus as, you know, kind of what it was during the global financial crisis and, you know, we got, each got the, the payments, um, mm. stimulus payments, and we were, you know, told to go spend it and that's what helps the economy. But I, I never really thought the other side is that this is also helping the business survive so they can kickstart the economy when all this is done. Yeah. Yeah, the government calls it a bridge, a bridge to after the virus. In other mm. words, they want to create a path that we can all kind of come out on the other side. Yeah, um, right. And so this is the challenge of analogies in this space. We've not never seen this type of duration as a as a shock to the system. So yeah. they're doing things that some of which look like we saw at the GFC, some of it which looks like through SARS. But really, they're trying to have to rethink this as well because the duration makes this a real challenge. And so, what what is your take on the the stimulus that has been announced so far? Do you think? Because Dan and I obviously we're tracking it very closely. We've got a lot of clients who um, it will help a lot. Um, but it, it, to me, it seems like an interesting one because we're going to be saving businesses paying ATO debt in the short term, um, and then in July, there's going or July onwards, there could be some people getting bigger than normal refunds. <laughs> Yeah. Because people are going to have a lot of tax withheld. So, um, I guess it's kind of an interesting one. We're not really injecting extra cash flow for businesses. We're just reducing what they would have to pay. Which is, in a way, injecting yes. cash flow, yeah. 
Yeah, true. You're right. There's the other thing that they're offering is um, the government is going to back loans to businesses. Mm, now, this true. might seem crazy as the time to borrow um, on one <laughs> le- on one level. On the other hand, um, they're looking at loans for over three to be paid back over three years with no upfront fees. Mm. In a sense, to tie businesses over. Yeah. So, so giving them the cash now. And part of it is just that. Equally, if you are investing, um, the accelerated depreciation has yes. been significantly boosted as well. So they're, they're trying to find different mechanisms. Um, not all of them will work for every business. Yeah. We know mm-hmm. that. And a lot of it will depend on whether you're officially shut down or yep. voluntarily shutting down or whether you're keeping skills and staff or whether you're at full capacity. Mm, yeah. um, so not every not every tool is going to work for every business. They've already flagged that there's going to be another stimulus package, and wow. I think that's an acknowledgement that this you, they want the supports to come on quickly. Not all of it's going to come on super quickly, mm. um, but equally they know that this is a long term process. And already business is saying maybe it's not enough, mm. um, even though it's the largest uh, at the moment. It's more than a $100 billion of stimulus by the Reserve Bank and the, um, the federal government. Yeah, and then yeah. on top of that, the state government. So it's a lot of money. Tapes. But mm. um, as you know, businesses are potentially in um, a lot of pain going forward. So it's understandable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so what what do you feel like are going to be, and obviously you said it's, it's hard to predict because we've never seen something like this, but but what do you feel like will be the long-term implications or how, how long do you feel like it's going to take for you know, once these things are over to, to kick back into gear and for the economy to start churning again? Do you, is it going to be, what, like a, a many-year process or...? So, originally when SARS, when this virus first, the kind of coronavirus first came up, people pointed to the SARS outbreak and there was a, mm-hmm. a, a deep, what's called a V. In other words, we dropped down and then as soon as the virus went, the economies that were affected bounced straight back. Yeah, right. like a, a snapback. We're, we're not going to see that in this situation and we're not going to see it for a couple of reasons. Um, this is a global pandemic, mm. um, and countries are out of sync. Well, we know that. So mm. some countries went into this early, earlier. Some countries were part of it either because of the virus itself or the way the governments have responded. Mm. Um, and so th- the globe is not going to be aligned, which means supply chains are not going to be aligned. Potentially mm. helping Australia is it looks like China will come out of this before us. So True. our major trading partner where we buy a lot of produce in for businesses to transform in various ways so that's a positive for us yeah the challenge is the prime minister is already saying be prepared it's a six-month lockdown mm. i mean it's been quite consistent over the last week around that so mm. that's but that's a minimum we're talking 12 to 18 months away before we get a vaccine maybe even that's optimistic mm. and so the, the risk is we get over this hump or this this peak of um, viral infection but it comes back in various waves over time and we never yeah. really get rid of it yeah so Businesses need to be thinking in the long term, um, but we don't really even know in the medium term what getting over that peak is going to look like at the moment. Yeah. That's our challenge, and we're all guesstimating at the moment. Yeah, it's right. True. It's true. So, how does that long-term um, view then affect things like, say, unemployment or house prices? Mm. Good segue. So, we are going to lose um, business many businesses and mm. even with the best intentions of the government are still going to fold, particularly mm. in service sectors which were shut down overnight. And when you say um, service sectors, is, what does service sectors tend to include? What are some good examples in there? Oh, 
it can be anything from your barista through mm-hmm. to your gymnasium yeah. to your at the moment cinemas and pubs. Yeah. Um, it may be your local yoga class. It may be yeah. your your restaurants. Might be, and particularly because they're service sectors that you can't do virtually. Yeah. Or less capacity to do it virtually. I can well imagine we're going to see gym instructors move online through Zoom and yeah. hangouts and various other techniques. But um, you can't. Uh, well, restaurants are trying to shift now to be takeaway restaurants rather yeah. than mm. uh, sit-in restaurants. So maybe they they will transform. And we're seeing some businesses transform to food delivery, for example, as yes. well. But the service sectors are going to struggle. Unemployment is going to rise. Um, we. There's no doubt about that. We're at yep. five, just over five percent, and the last number we saw for December was not a bad number at all. Okay, um, but we're going to see that rise significantly and um, and and fast. Obviously, we were at ten percent in the last recession, which was uh, 1991. Mm. Um, already, we're seeing out of the US estimates that are well above that uh, oh. coming through. So, it that that changes the dynamic. But it come back to all being hopefully well, that should come back to various degrees in the sense of the world will, the virus will end, we will restart or reboot the economy. Yep. Um, it's not going to be a bounce back straight away, but people want and want those services, so they'll yeah. be back in demand. Yep. Mm. House prices are really interesting because all our theory says um, house prices, uh, houses in times of uncertainty, people are less likely to... Um, buy large products, and houses are obviously a very large product. Yeah. On the other hand, we've got ridiculously low, unprecedentedly low interest rates. Yeah. And yeah. so people are out there thinking this is an opportunity. True. Um, mm. We've had, at the moment on the market coming into this, we had very little supply, so house prices were bouncing back from uh, some declines over the previous 18 months. So we're really in a strange midpoint in the process. Mm. The What... I suspect if we do look at previous downturns is over time people lose their jobs, they will feel under pressure to sell their houses. The banks have been really interesting though here. They they see that this is a temporary thing. They're looking to support business. Yeah. Mm. They're looking to support the houses by some fee waivers, oh, sorry, fee waivers, um, interest payment waivers mm. or delays. Um, when rates are so low, that's not a costly exercise. Um, True. And rather than selling and losing money on a house or maybe the banks see the, the medium-term interest in helping people through this. Yeah. So house prices house prices are, you would have to suggest, are going to be challenged, but we don't see that yet in the market. Mm. Yeah, right. That's it interesting. interesting. Um, yeah, I know even I was thinking about uh, refinancing my loan and I'm like, <laughs> mm, that means I'm going to have to get it valued. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the values stay. Banks might not be super keen on giving many new loans out at the moment either. Mm, yeah, that true. It'd be interesting to see what credit criteria they put on you. Yeah. Um, oh, you're in a uh, small business um, in a service sector and the economy is going down. True. It'd be interesting to see how they treated that on a new application. Yeah, Very you're, true. You're describing my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess post-Royal Commission, like there were already a lot of changes. So, um, thing, it is an interesting time for the banks and... Yeah, it's just going to keep moving for them, unfortunately. <laughs> and that, so, that, that's an interesting point, Tim. That's something that I was um, thinking about a lot recently. When that first stimulus package came out, I, I felt like 
they'd maybe had some of those measures already in the wings ready to go before yeah. any of this happened, which made me wonder, well, we had the bushfires, um, you know, they were talking about getting back in black all year, but everyone was already saying, you know, things aren't as great as maybe mm. you, you're saying they are. Um, how much were we already heading towards struggle time and then this came along or, or do you feel like at this point it doesn't really matter? Um, if coming into Christmas pre-bushfires, mm. I the Reserve Bank's line was we'd seen a gentle improvement, and I think that's, that's about right. I, mm. We weren't the economy wasn't humming, but it was heading in the right direction at a very mm. slow pace. Yeah, um, so I don't think banks had in their back pocket rescue measures or stimulus measures, mm. but they've certainly responded to the challenge as it has evolved through the bushfires and then through the COVID um, coronavirus. Mm. We've seen the Prime Minister sing their praises as being participatory in being part of the solution. Um, and seeing that it's in their and a national interest that we keep businesses afloat yep. and that we also try and ease um, the burden on people who may be disrupted. Mm. So it's quite remarkable from, what, two years ago in the Royal Commission, which banks had a, a challenging reputation <laughs> now and no politician would sing the praises of a bank. But in the past two weeks, we've certainly seen the government singing the praises of the banks as coming to the party and, quote, doing the patriotic thing that needs to be done. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's very interesting when you put it like that. Yeah, they're the heroes. <laughs> they're the heroes, that's right. They always they, were. They just needed a disaster to step in and, and help us all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they got all those profits. I was, and I guess I think that's a good little shift into another question, mm. which is, I think Australia is lucky, and we saw this back in the GFC, where our banks are so powerful and were so prudent. Is that going to help us in this crisis? And how is that going to position Australia versus the rest of the world, um, given our banks uh, will have been booming businesses for the last decade? Um. We're in a good position in two respects. One is the government, and the gov this is certainly the government's narrative. They've, they've got back to, they got very close to being in a surplus. They didn't mm. quite get there, but um, <laughs> back in our black. public finances, <laughs> our, our government has the capacity to borrow. Mm, and yeah. equally, our banks are well capitalised and have the capacity to, I would hope, and, but I expect, has the capacity to weather this as well. Mm. Um, there are some countries, and this is why I'm horrified that Italy was the first um the first country that really mm. saw the outbreak in Europe, uh, a country with significant public sector debt and the banks there have a lot of debt as well. Yeah. And you, who's less capable of surviving this? And you'd say Italy would have been high on my list of countries. Yeah. Um, and so that's a challenge and that might cascade throughout. I don't think we have that same problem. I think we come at this from a position of relative strength yeah. um, from a government finances and from a banking um, finance perspective. So, we should treat ourselves as very lucky that those institutional frameworks have actually ensured that we've got uh, a solid base to try and tackle this. Mm. I think that's a huge positive and yeah, something absolutely. that keeps me optimistic um, and that I think is a really good message for people in business and mm. in Australia. Um, yeah, that we are in a really lucky situation mm. compared to a lot of other countries. Absolutely. And so when we talk about government giving stimulus, that is because it has it's coming at it from a position where it can borrow and mm. it can spend, yeah. um, and the markets will support that process. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really positive way to to look at it. Mm. Um, so, what what if anything 
can say business do now to help things along, help them along um, through this process? As you said, it's going to be a, a probably a long recovery from this once it's all done and dusted. Um, what what's what what are things would you recommend that they should be doing? Um, so I've come at this from a very non-accounting perspective. Yeah, There's definitely. probably a lot of accounting things that I should be telling you. <laughs> um, I, I, I think the first thing is to get your head around what the government is offering from a stimulus perspective, mm. whether that's talking to your accountant or financial advisor or, or even just looking at what the government's announcements are. There are a lot of announcements. At the end of the day, you want to, cash is king. Mm. Um, you want to be able to stay afloat without it endangering anyone from a health perspective as, as long as possible. Yeah. I think ensuring that you're protecting the assets that will enable you to bounce back is the key. True. And so that means obviously ensuring what you need to protect as a business. That might mean people from a skills perspective. It, it won't be easy as we emerge from this to go and recruit because everyone will be emerging at a similar time. <laughs> yeah. Better that you've effectively got people on the payroll, even if you're thinking, creatively over the next couple of months as demand falls or there is a full shutdown. Yeah. Um, I think go talk to the people that you have relationships with and that might mean your super, it might mean your landlord, it might mean your yeah. bank. I think there is a willingness for people to collectively get through this. It's in no one's interest that businesses fail. Yeah. It's in everyone's interest that they, we come out, of, come out of this healthy enough that we can reboot and thrive yep. and so we shouldn't just assume that the people that you owe money to or you will owe money to won't also be receptive to thinking about this in other ways yeah, yeah definitely i think yeah that that's really good suggestions and they all sound so i mean um i guess so simple but that's a lot of things that people forget when they're panicked they don't <laughs> they just think doom and gloom that's right and mm. they think all is all is like the end. The world's going to end, mm. and I should just shut up shop now. It's like, no, no. Let's try and pave a way through this. Yes, it's going to be a challenge. We might not be making you, as much money as we did, but um, and, it, yeah. and if you talk to your landlord, for example, if you fold, who is going to move into your location? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, it is not like there is an excess of demand there at the moment. True. So we're all operating in the the same tempo of. Um, we all have an incentive that we all get through this. So, let's yep. try and take them advantage of that. Talk to your landlord and they can go talk to the bank if they have a loan yeah. for the property and they can get some relief from their loan, hopefully. So, yep. yeah. Um, no, that does leave me feeling very optimistic. And, you know, uh, you do hear some bit of, bit of doom and gloom on the news. Um, is there a better, better or worse place for people to be sourcing receiving, yeah, sourcing yeah. their economic information and news? Because I've seen... Personally, I've been a little bit angry over the last week. I've seen some commentators who didn't seem like they were Australian or using any <laughs> Australian models um, <laughs> predicting uh, not very good outcomes. And uh, yeah, it, it, that was on the ABC. So, what, what, what were you... Do you have any places not, that... Yeah. I'm not sure anyone is predicting good outcomes. Here. Yeah, true, yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> this is, uh, while I'm being positive in one respect, there is a degree that this is doom and gloom. Mm, yeah. um, but we will come out of it at some point. And mm. how we come out of it, how well positioned we are to come out of it is the key issue. Yeah. It is going to be a bad six months to a year. We yeah. just need to accept that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't I don't get my news from any single source, and I think you're crazy if you do. Everyone's <laughs> got a perspective. Um, but I think if you look broadly, you'll, you'll, you'll quickly identify what's uh, on tune and what's not on tune. Yeah. But as we know, this is moving day to day, even 
hour to hour yeah. as, an, as an issue. Um, restraints on business, stimulus packages, whatever else, it just seems to happen every day. Mm. Um, so it's something that you can sit back and think, I've, I've solved this now. I think mm. you've just got to keep on top of it. No matter how depressing that news is, yeah. um, we, we are continually evolving. Yeah, yeah true. I, I think everything you've said today is, is, as you said, is basically just keep keep on top of it. Yeah, protect the assets that you're going to need to to kickstart it again. And stay focused for the light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. Um, I think that's all solid advice. That sounds like wisdom to me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, well, I, I think that's covered off most of our questions. That's uh, yeah. that's also. Oh, there was one thing that you did. Um, we, were, we were chatting before we hit the record button, Jeremy. Um, in terms of inf- information, we were, we were thinking yeah. it could be a good thing to maybe approach like zero um, and discuss getting a bit better economic data. You were saying uh, a lot of economists are still using December information. Is that the, the challenge? Is most official data takes months to compile, yeah. it's quality check, and, and is, is such a lagging indicator of what's actually happening in the economy. Yeah, it, it, we've been looking for examples of indicators to point us to things. So when China was at the peak of its um, virus, the we saw people taking satellite photos to see the level of pollution as an indicator <laughs> of how much manufacturing was affected or congestion (laughs) as a measure of whether people were up and about. Wow. Physical, tangible indicators of things. Um, We know this is evolving week to week. I suspect that the only people that really know what's going on are the tax office and also the zeros and MYOBs who, Mm. in a sense, data flows through their system in real time or Mm. close to real time. Yeah. So I think it's in everyone's interest to try and get some of those... um, those metrics de-identified just to give us a flavour of how the businesses are responding from particularly from an employment perspective or a an output perspective. Mm. So, yes, come on down zero or MYOB. <laughs> I love it. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll give the we'll give zero and MYOB a bit of a shout out as well <laughs> after this and see yeah. if we can make something happen there. That'd be awesome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for coming on today. And it's been, yeah, really illuminating. And I, I hope everybody listening uh, was able to, yeah, learn a little bit more about what's happening and, and what to expect in the economy going forward. I look forward to coming on in a year's time and hopefully we'll have a, a, a much happier conversation at that time. I would love that. That would be awesome, actually. Yeah, that would be a great flashback. <laughs> uh, what is, the, is there is there places where people should follow you, Jeremy? Or, or um, yeah. I'm on Twitter at, at Jeremy Thorpe. Yep. You can find me through LinkedIn um, and I'll shout out to pwc.com.au. Yep. If you are looking for coronavirus-related um, information, you'll find it from a, a, the various angles that PwC is interested in. Yeah, yeah great. Nice. Cool. Yeah, cool. I like it. All right. Thanks for that. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll chat to you in a year's time. <laughs> yeah, then. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Jeremy. And we're back. Yeah. That was a... I've got to say, I really enjoyed that chat. Um, I did as well. I like that it was realistic. So, you know, it's not going to all be roses. Mm. But also, there's a bit of reason for optimism. It was very factual. There's no irrational thoughts, emotional no. things in there. It's, it's yes, there's going to be some bad times. Yes, it will end. And things will get better. And here are some things that you can mm. do. Just got to choose your path. Mm wisely mm, i thought it was very good very good chat so yeah thanks jeremy for coming on um we look forward to chatting with you in a year's time maybe even sooner maybe, Who knows? maybe even sooner 
Who knows? Maybe in a At year's time, you'll be like... Accounting business expert. Hey, everything was great. <laughs> yeah, can you believe it? Bounce back two weeks later? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, neither can I. I forgot that even happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is true. You do forget the pain. Yeah. So, yeah, that was great. Tim, let's move on to our other things. Other things. Uh, do you have any recommendations I do. for the people out there? I really do. Um, Go for it. So, I showed this to you last week, Dan. Mm. Uh, there's this guy called Mark Rebillier. Rebillier. Yeah. Now, this is good, good, wholesome, dumb fun. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Right. So, we got onto this uh, friend of mine tagged me mm. in this thing and it was about office dogs because we have an office dog. Yeah. And essentially, I found this guy who makes house beats mm. from scratch. Starts with um, a drum. Mm. And then layers over with percussion and piano and mm. bass and makes these funky tunes. Mm. And then he improvises rap and song and chorus mm. um, in a microphone. So, he's a singer as well. Yeah. And he does it all like with like a really interesting face and mm. like funny dance moves. <laughs> so... I guess it's just like, it's just entertainment, like bomb, like mm, in your face. It is. And so, he was meant to come to Australia, actually. He was meant to play in Sydney last Thursday night. Yep. Um, but obviously, he had to postpone that tour. Mm. So, instead, and this is what the listeners should go check out. Yep. Instead, he's chosen to do three live streams on Facebook, which is still obviously available to watch. Mm. Um, and he got listeners to call in with the topic. Mm -hmm. And so, like, for example, Apocalypse or, yeah. or Winter. Mm. Um, and he just would improvise a song based on... Uh, How good is that? Based on their suggestion. Y your mind has to work so fast to improvise the lyrics to something. Like, I can understand improvising a jump beat or even yeah. a, a little bit of a music tune, but to then turn that into an actual structure yeah. and then at the same time think of words Improvised to say. words, yeah. And most of the time they're funny. Like, sometimes he yeah. builds in like a little story yeah. where there's an interlude, he just stops all the music and just does two characters mm -hmm. in different voices because he, he can turn a knob and his voice turns into like a female or yeah. like a high-pitched voice. Ah, oh, it's hectic. It's so good. So, check it out. His, his spelling, his name is spelled M-A-R-C for Mark and R-E-B-I-L-L-E-T, something like that. Mark Rebillet. Yeah, cool. That's great. So good. That's, that's something definitely to, to keep you happy and waste some time. Oh, yeah. No, it's awesome. Mm. Just good to watch and good music. I mm. like the music. So, something that I've been watching a lot of this week, yep. last week, Tim, and I, I've, I've been into it before, but it's really come back in force for me, um, and that is Grand Designs. <laughs> so, um, nice. I haven't got into Grand Designs Australia or New Zealand or any of the other Grand Designs, just good old classic British Grand Designs, and uh, I love it. I don't know why, cool. but it's just so calming, so peaceful. There's, you know, there's a lot of sass by the end. There is a lot of sass. They end up with a great house usually. Sometimes you look at it and you're like, eh, I don't know if I would have yeah. done that. But usually it's what they usually. want and usually it's a great place. Pretty, yeah, inspiring. And I don't know, by the end, you feel happy. You do. You feel relaxed and calm. There's something about his voice that's yeah. just so calm. Yeah, it is. I like the, the theme tune to the music the most. Yeah. <laughs> so good. That's calming. Very calming. Um, I always find it interesting because they film it over years. Mm. 
which is a always lot of years. so like older episodes were over the global fin- before and after the global financial crisis yeah which is fascinating and and like right now they're filming the start yeah. of builds that will True. might we might be completed three years from now so like he's just predicted like oh my show is going to continue for <laughs> like at least three more years hectic uh, I, 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 I don't know I just I really it. really enjoy it I rate it also just watching anything that's not too serious yeah is always good so we've been watching you know some reality shows like Dancing with the Stars it's just yeah. light hearted dumb fun Survivor's good still Survivor is getting to the pointy end both serious and good <laughs> back on tonight who's, who's your winner Dave you think so Dave's gonna win I think I think it looks that way and so that's why he won't yeah that's the thing. They're either building it up all season to be a massive mm. blindside on him. Yeah. Or they've built it up all season to be, look how good Dave He's was. He's a deserved winner. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, right now, he, he probably is a deserved yeah. winner. But, you know, there's also Mo and there's a oh, few Mo's others. Oh, doing well. Yeah. And Sean. Sean. She's, she's played the hardest route, which is playing both sides. She's just played both sides the whole way through, which isn't going to win you any votes no. on, the tr- on, the, on the jury. Yeah, so that's why Dave's happy to take her probably yeah. to the end game. And then there's Tarzan. Tarzan. And then Brooke, she's played real well. She's won, oh, she's she's a, won a bunch of um, in, individual challenges. She yeah. was part of like a huge majority that knocked out almost an entire tribe. If she survives from the bottom to the end, she's yeah. good chance. She deserves win. Mm. Uh, I think unlike previous seasons, there's a few people here who deserve the win. Mm. Whereas in previous seasons, there was maybe like two people at this point and the rest were duds. Would you say they're uh, all stars? Yeah. In, in, their, in their own ways. Mm. Yeah. All stars. They're all stars. Nice. Mm. I'd say, hey now, <laughs> they're an all star. And they got the game on. Hey, go play. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's... There is something we're going to leave the listeners with today. There is something we're going to leave the listeners with. And we just want to introduce a little bit of calm, a little bit of relaxation. There's a lot of stress going on in the world. Yeah, and we thought it'd be important for people to hear the soothing voices of LB Smooth. All right, everybody. If you want to get in touch with us, at Two Drunk Accountants on Facebook and Instagram, at Two Drunk Podcast on Twitter, and Two Drunk Podcast at gmail.com. And there enjoy may, the serenity. There may be some expletives here. Please yes, enjoy. if you with kids, turn it off. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Look at you. You all fucked up. Clear your mind. Let yourself fall away. Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in your mouth. Exhale through your ass. You know how to fucking breathe, don't you? I don't got to tell you how to breathe. That shit is involuntary. Picture yourself walking alone in a meadow. A stream flows by. Damn, streams are sexy. Carrying away your worries and all your fucking fears. Your eyes are closed. You don't see the fucking reality. And you in your mama's basement on that stupid-ass, dirty-ass couch. We should have a full-size couch, but you don't. You're sleeping on a fucking love seat. And I fold your body in half and lay the fuck down on that bitch. Your life is fucked up. Center yourself. Get your fucking life back. Close your eyes and imagine where the fuck you at.